with just three years to go before the 2026 Commonwealth Games, Australia is pulling the plug, saying the costs have skyrocketed from an initial estimate of $2.6 billion to $7 billion, $7 billion for a 12-day competition. So why, you ask, am I talking about the Commonwealth Games that were supposed to happen in Australia? Well, our province has actually been considering hosting the Commonwealth Games after that, the 2030. Shouldn't this be considered a warning? Moshe Lander, economist, Concordia University, specializing in the economics of sports, joins us this afternoon. Always great to talk with you, Moshe. Hello. And I know I say Concordia University, but you've got Alberta in your blood. Aren't you here in Calgary right now for the summer? I am indeed in Calgary. I'm looking out at your studios far away from my window here. (laughs) (laughs) So at least you understand the politics of this province. That's why we always like to turn to you when we have stories like this. So uh, first of all, just when you heard the, uh, it was a pretty amazing announcement yesterday when Australia just said, no, we're not even going to do the 2026 Commonwealth Games. Yeah, it's one thing to say you don't want to do it when you're bidding. It's another thing to say you don't want to do it when you're actually supposed to do it and you've been awarded the game. So, you know, this is a warning sign to Albertans that uh, if they don't feel that they can do it three years out, uh, it's not like they were just handed the games and realized that they've already started preparing four years in and said, yeah, this isn't going to work. We at least have the ability to back out now before we start spending uh, money that we can't recover like they've done. And Moshe, we've talked over the years, whether it be when Calgary was considering going for another Olympics, when they had the referendum, it's, this is happening over and over again, where cities are saying, we don't want to host these sporting events. What has changed in the last, let's say, 15 years when it comes to the appetite to host these games? Um, the cost, yeah. it, you said, you know, the initial estimate was two point whatever, and it's up at seven. And if they had gone through three more years, it could have easily hit 10. Uh, this is what I was saying uh, back when we were considering 2026 for the Winter Games, that you can say that it's going to be $5 billion 10 years out. But when you're done, it's going to be well more than that. And so what you find now is that because of that cost and because the public, at least in democracies, are being a little more careful with their governments and how they spend their tax dollars, if you see the only countries that are generally left that are going after these games are either autocratic regimes, Russia, Qatar, that don't really care what their uh, citizens have to say, or uh, countries that are trying to put their name on the map and leaving behind a disastrous legacy of decaying stadiums and uh, you know, unfulfilled promises. The Commonwealth Games, I, I guess I'm even scratching my head why there would be interest. And maybe it's, uh, I'm, uh, I'm not a true monarchist, but I, I just even wonder the, the appeal of the Commonwealth Games these days. I think it's just a big-time event, and I don't think it's much more than that, right? So, you know, if you're a city that wants to have a big-time event, uh, you know, start going through the checklist. What's at the top? It's the World Cup, it's the the Olympics, winter or summer, uh, you know, and then you get into the kind of that second tier. And so I think if you're a city that says, okay, maybe we can't really hit those top-tier events, well, let's go for the second tier. And if you are, well, whether you agree or disagree, then you say, all right, we're eligible for this, so let's give it a shot and see what happens. Uh, these days, as cities back away, I guess the number of competitors that you have to, to fight for to win is less and less. And so I, I think politicians might feel that, hey, this is an easy thing that we can grab at. Have you ever seen this, though, like three years out, 
of a major event, a city saying no? Because I'm just wondering where the organizers of the Commonwealth Games go from here to be able to even put on the 2026 Games. So the famous example of a city backing out of a big-time event was Denver was actually supposed to be the host of the 1976 Winter Olympics. So I've got to go back like half a century okay. to come up with an example. Uh, Denver did not wait until they were three years away to decide they didn't want it. The Games ended up in Innsbruck, Austria. Um, the analogy here would be that at this point, this close to the Games, uh, I think what's going to happen here is they're going to go beg a city that hosted it recently and say, listen, your infrastructure is more or less there please, we're getting on our knees, just just do something uh, and, and let's avoid a complete disaster here uh, and try and keep Alberta sweet on bidding for 2030 because uh, this really should not be a, a good sign for Alberta uh, to, to bid on this. Do you know, is Alberta up against some other major centres for the 2030? Oh, probably not now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but that's the, that's the catch is that when everybody's backing away and when nobody wants to host these games, I, I think that the thing that politicians should be taking from this is these are not profitable. Um, I, I think the mistake that's sometimes made is, well, we know better, right? So whatever it is that Australia was doing, they just don't know how to put on these types of events. We know how to do it. We just came out of a near record stampede crowd. We can pull this together. Um, that's the wrong conclusion. It's not that we know better. It's that we're going to make the same mistake if we go down that path. Uh, and again, what are we hoping to accomplish by hosting these games? It's not a financial windfall. So what else is motivating it? Oftentimes you will hear cities, and, and for Calgary example, as an example, we haven't had a field house. And so oftentimes you'll hear supporters say, this will be a chance for us to finally see a field house. I guess my problem with that argument is why do we have to wait till something like that as opposed to recognizing we need a field house and get the federal dollars, the corporate dollars, the provincial dollars now as opposed to having to put our necks out on the line for a big international event. And that is the perfect approach. If you want to make an economic case for a field house, two weeks of hosting an international event for something that's going to last for the city, say, 40 years, that should be almost immaterial in the financial calculation. So if you feel that a field house is something that the city needs, then you should be able to make that argument to the federal government, to the provincial government, to the municipal government on its own merits without having to go that way. My particular uh, you know, golden goose is I want that sea train line finished to the airport uh, because while I'm here a lot of the year, there's part of the year where I'm not here. And so every time I have to come in and out of the city, I'm always frustrated that I have to do some rigmarole to get from the airport to where I live. Um, again, that's a compelling argument that could be made without needing to host uh, an international event. Uh, and so two weeks should not make a difference in those calculations. Exactly, because that's the other one. Okay, then we can finish the, the LRT line to the airport because of this. Wait, why are we not thinking that this is a priority even without a 12-day event, something like that. I'm getting a bunch of texts from people saying, you know what, no taxpayer dollar, let the corporations pay for it. And and that has been something in modern day. Well, I mean, probably starting in the 88 Olympics that we did start to see, maybe it was the LA ones. Uh, Moshe, remind me, when we, we started to see the corporate dollars, and then sometimes that became the IOC greed, but uh, the role that corporations can play in this. 
Yeah, so it was the 84 Los Angeles yeah. Summer Olympics. If they could have put something on Mary Lou Retton's head, they would have. <laughs> um, they, they advertised everything. And part of that was because the IOC was deeply scarred by the 1976 Montreal Olympics, which almost bankrupted the city and the province uh, because of how much cost overrun there was back then. When 1977 came around and it was time to bid, uh, they looked at Montreal and said, Ugh, what are we going to do? And nobody wanted these things. L.A. said, we have a lot of infrastructure already here. If you allow us to turn this corporate, we can do it. Um, but the fact is that even since then, we've had a very difficult time seeing these events be able to be profitable, even with corporate backing. Uh, if you don't see corporations run in to say, we're going to finance these things, it's almost impossible to do. But take a look at the Saddle Dome and how bruising that was. Uh, in all of the discussion over the last eight years, how many times did you see a corporation step forth and say, we'll put money into the the new arena because we think it's a compelling argument? Nobody stepped forward, yeah. and that's just the arena, let alone the event itself. Yeah, and, and I guess it goes back to... Uh possibly a solution is to pick two major centers and they become the permanent location for any type of international event, sporting event. Yeah, exactly that. And you can alternate. And the other thing too is that that starts to become the magnet then for where athletes can train. So right now where we're looking at decaying 1988 infrastructure here from the Olympics and saying, what are we going to do with it? Well, if you want to refurbish it, how many athletes are going to come train here? One possible option is to just say it was a great moment in history we'll never do it again let that fall into disrepair put up condos or something on the old site and uh, tell the athletes that hey you should go train in one of these two locations because they're just going to alternate from now on and it's probably not going to be one of us because uh i I just don't see that calgary is going to be able to make a compelling case to host the commonwealth games every eight years moshe thanks as always Anytime. All right, Moshe Lander, he is a sports economist out of Concordia University.